Welcome to democracyonthemove.org, a podcast tribute to the people and organizations who dare to reimagine our nation and drive it toward its true principles of democracy. Content for this episode was recorded on Sunday, August 22, 2021. I'm Dan Schaefer, your host for today's podcast, and thank you for joining us. Today we're talking with Dennis Eckerd, a member of an organization known as Braver Angels. Now, Braver Angels is a national citizens movement launched in 2016. Its purpose is to bring liberals, conservatives, and others together at the grassroots level, not to find a centrist compromise, but to find one another as citizens. Through workshops, debates, and campus engagement, Braver Angels helps Americans understand each other beyond the stereotypes, form community alliances, and reduce the vitriol that poisons our civic culture. Dennis Eckerd is, uh, describes himself as just the average Joe. He was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, and a happily married father of two daughters and works as a computer programmer. He truly is a braver angel because he has always been interested in talking about the things you aren't supposed to talk about in polite company like politics and religion. He's a pretty recent addition to the political scene. He started getting involved in political groups and movements in 2018 after growing really sick of the polarization that is so prevalent in our politics. He learned about Braver Angels after seeing a documentary on PBS called Divided We Fall. Dennis, welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us today. Hi, Dan. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. I gave you a brief introduction there, but um, you know, you describe yourself as an average Joe, and I think actually that applies to you know a large majority of people out there. We just think of ourselves as ordinary citizens, but we are concerned and I think you go beyond that in the sense that you are so concerned about the polarization in this country that you've actually uh, getting involved in a group that is trying to address that very issue. So tell us a little bit more about your journey into uh, Braver Angels. Yeah, so um, I guess, like I said, or in, you mentioned, uh, I've always been kind of interested in politics and stuff, and I've, I always enjoy talking about it. And um in recent years like it, it's become harder because the people get so defensive and people that i used to be able to have conversations with or you know didn't think that i would get upset having a conversation with started to get upset and mm -hmm. i didn't understand it um yeah and uh one of the things um i'm i'm a big second amendment supporter um it's something that the firearms rules and stuff like that are, are really, um, I, I guess I know those very well because I'm, I'm so involved in them. Mm -hmm. And, um, in 2018, I started working with, uh, moms demand action, just trying to understand them, um, and, and learn from them. And it was a great experience for me. And then, um, I had seen that, uh, um, documentary that divided we fall and was looking for something similar where like I could I could reach out to people that I didn't really understand all their viewpoints on all that well and just have conversations with and uh you know google mm -hmm. search found braver angels and um the timing was great in that um there was a missouri um workshop that was being put together uh braver angels offers what's called red versus blue workshops hmm. and uh the idea behind it is basically get a group of seven to ten 
red leaning people and seven to 10 blue leaning people and kind of get them together in rooms. And, and it was virtual obviously because of COVID. Um, but um, mm-hmm. kind of go into breakout rooms and, and just talk about stuff. And um, they've got a very structured format that they follow. Um, and it worked out really well. The, all the members of that group, uh, both the blues and the reds, we kind of, we, we made, I, I would say good strides in, in building trust and relationship just in that workshop. Mm-hmm. And then, um, one of the guys, um, decided to, to build an alliance in, in braver angels. Um, and almost everybody from that first workshop got together and said, yeah, we'd like to do it. So we've been meeting monthly pretty much ever since then. Um, just trying to promote Braver Angels work, mm-hmm. I guess. So when you, this this is sort of, um, I, I like what you guys are doing. And we and, and I've talked to uh, another organization we talked about before the podcast uh, called the Bridge Alliance. They, they do similar things. And it's, there are some issues out there that have become so polarized. I mean, you, you picked on the, uh, the second amendment, for example, extremely polarizing in this, in this country. And, um, the fact that you were willing to reach out and talk to that organization called moms demand action. Um, wow. I mean, it, it, it makes you, a, a, a an angel in my opinion, in the sense that you are really concerned with other people and how they think, and you are concerned about how our nation moves forward in a united sort of way. Yet, it's this is an uphill battle, though, isn't it? I mean, you, you've got you've oh, got yeah. people in your organization. You, you have like seven to ten uh, on the red team, seven to ten on the blue team. It's interesting that there's only two teams, right? I mean, that speaks to the political situation of the <laughs> duopoly here. Absolutely. But it's tell me about some of those battles. I mean, it's got to be difficult to 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 get into that and and difficult to reach out to people and, and try to get those opinions without getting a lot of vitriol in response. It it, it really is and it's um it is I find myself stepping, you know, putting my foot in my mouth over and over and doing a lot of apologies. Um mm-hmm. Just because you don't even realize that what you know we're we're so far apart and we're talking about something that is very emotional in, in many cases. Um, one one of the ladies that's in our uh, Braver Angels group um, is a Holocaust survivor, and um, you know, th- just throwing the word around Nazis that you know that was such a that was such a term that was being used against so many mm-hmm. um, uh, pre-election and stuff. And, you know, it really, really upset her. And I, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, but yeah, it's, it's very touchy and you never know what is going to upset somebody. And, and that to me is really what Braver Angels is trying to kind of combat because it, it's really about, uh, listening more than anything and, and trying to um, move past those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely um, in, in, in my work with moms, you know, I've, I've put my foot in my mouth 
yeah. a couple of times, not, not even really um, trying to, but just from a standpoint of, okay, I'm going to try to explain how this, the safety features of this. Well, no, that's, that's not safe. That can't be safe. Um, right. And I, I get it. Um, but we got to talk about these things. If, if, if we're not talking about those things, then we're not really solving anything. And I don't, I don't know how we move forward without bringing people together. Yeah. Because we're just going so far in opposite directions. I can see how you can unintentionally or unconsciously perhaps offend somebody because when you are, and I'm going to pick on, you know, second amendment again, when you're, when you're part of the group that is a strong believer in the second amendment, you begin to adopt a certain, uh, a certain lexicon, you know, a certain way of speaking about your cause that unconsciously offends other people. And I can see, you know, sometimes people will talk about, well, everybody, you know, uh, the, 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 the way to solve a bad person with a gun is a good person with a gun. And, you know, those types of hyperbolic sort of arguments that really are meaningless in a, in a literal sense. I mean, you know, if you're in a crowd of people and somebody starts shooting, how do you know you're shooting the shooter and not shooting someone who's okay. shooting the shooter? You know, that sort of right. thing. Yep. And, and so, you know, these, these are very impractical things, but these are, these are the types of mentality that can circulate among groups that don't bother to reach out to, you know, places like Moms Demand Action to get a sort of uh, feedback on, you know, am I even doing anything? Am I even saying anything that's reasonable? And so I can see how you can unconsciously offend them because you start using some of this terminology and suddenly, like, um, you're now on the defense. Exactly. And, and like you said, you're not really thinking about it. It's just the way that, you know, you're, you're up at such a high level. You're talking about something and you expect everyone knows that whole history of what brought you there. And really nobody does. They don't know how you got to that point. Um, yeah. And well, I, I guess I just enjoyed working back from that and, and, you know, ha saying, no, this is what I'm really saying, you know, trying to clarify that and, and bring those conversations together, I guess. Yeah. Well, how do you, uh, what do you do with that information though? I mean, let's say you, you, you uh, go to your, your, the, the red versus blue group and um, you all just talk and you have, you know, exchange of ideas and you you correct each other. Right. You know, there's people on the blue side that need to know how to talk without offending someone on the red side and vice versa. And you feel good. I mean, I can imagine you feel good about those kind of conversations. Um, but how does that spread out? I mean, how do you get your next door neighbor who is not interested in talking to, you know, someone yeah. on the blue team or someone on the red team? How do you get them talking? I mean, how does Braver Angels actually, I should say, take these solutions and move them out into society? And that's so right now, I guess everything in Braver Angels is, is very voluntary right now. So by the time you've got somebody signing up for a red and blue workshop, they're already somebody that's making an initial step to say, yeah, I want to talk about this. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, I, there is a challenge to, to, to spread that. Um, one of the things that Braver Angels does besides the red and blue workshops is just um, skills building workshops. Uh, so they have like um a depolarizing within workshop, which is really meant um, to kind of help train you so that you know 
um, you can see a conversation happening in a workplace or something like that and or, or church or wherever, you know, any public area where, you know, maybe something gets mentioned and, and you know, they're either all on one side kind of harping on the other or you can kind of insert yourself into there and say, hey, um, I understand what you're saying and I also believe this kind of, you know, and I think there's also this that maybe you're not seeing, or, you know, you, you can kind of depolarize that conversation by jumping in um, with some kind of unifying skills. Um, so they've got workshops for that and they've got workshops for, uh, you know, talking to family members and stuff like that. Like, you know, those conversations at Thanksgiving or wherever that you mm-hmm. don't want to have to talk to that uncle or whatever, you know, they have courses that are, that are meant just for that workshops that are meant just for those kind of things so that you can just not necessarily go out there and advertise. This is what I'm doing. I'm pushing the braver angels mm-hmm. uh, mission, mm-hmm. but, but kind of address it um, naturally. And, you know, I think, I think the more people that we have doing that, the more people that we have talking about it and, and, and really taking the time to listen, the better off we're going to be um, yeah. just in general. Well, the, um, the I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Politicians love polarization. I, I wouldn't say all politicians, but but uh, I, I, th- I think it's becoming more and more a vast majority of them enjoy the polarization because in this in this duopoly that we have where we, you know, just have one party, you have to make a binary decision when you go to the polling booth, right? Mm-hmm. This is, it's either red team or blue team, which team are you on? Politicians love to do that polarization because the more they can do that, A, the more they are likely to win their primaries, which is really their big contest out there. Right. Um, and, and then B, they're more willing to, or they're more likely to win the general elections. Um, divide and conquer right and you saw that uh, that npr uh, uh documentary called divided we fall uh mm-hmm. the, the bottom line though is i mean a lot of politicians uh are okay with divided we fall because as long as they end up on top right i i could not agree with you more um i i'm appalled that our leadership has become i'm i'm don't worry about what I'm doing. Just look at how bad the other side is yeah, and exactly. I'm going to take care of you. Um, and they, they, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, um, well, they're profiting from it, right? In a way they're, they're absolutely profiting from it, but they're also kind of, um, Oh man, the word's going to come. They're, they're making it worse than it is Mm -hmm. because uh, they get so much more out of it. And it just pulls, you know, if they can be very vague about, oh, well, and using the second amendment again, oh, well, they're going to come take your guns, even though that that's not, that's not ever been talked about, even though that that's not what the other side has said at all. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, this is what they're going to do. All they have to do is plant that seed and, Right. Oh, well, now, now you got all these other people, all these people that can't possibly vote for that way because of this one dividing issue. And yeah. it, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm really disappointed that fewer of our elected officials, and I, I use that word because I don't believe they're leading, are using that plan of action. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, they're they're um, they're shoring up their teams. Um, they're making their teams more homogenous. It used to be exactly. um, years ago, and I, I, I read Lee Drutman's book on this. I forgot what the name of his book, but uh, every time I open up the microphone, my brain goes blank. But um, he had Lee Drutman as a political scientist, and he had this observation that the that the Democrats and Republicans, uh, vintage say 1950s, were far more diverse within themselves. So you had a conservative side of the Democratic Party and the liberal side, and, and the same with the Republicans. And so you essentially had like almost like four parties, but now they're all closing ranks, right? And it's it's becoming this uh, more homogenized red versus blue and leaving a lot of in, a lot of people in between that are, as yourself, noticing that, um, you know, we're not even talking to each other anymore. We're not even having these discussions, certainly not having them within the parties, but uh, it's right. not even happening outside the parties at this point. And that, that's a pretty horrible thing. Does the uh, does Braver Angels advocate at all for including politicians in this process? Uh, yeah, they do. And um, actually, um, they've had they do like some national um, I, guess, I guess they were it was a Zoom call. But uh, shortly after the January 6th events, there was um, a Braver Angels national kind of call to action. And there were, I, for, I forget the uh, congressman's name now, but there was a congressman from um, Nebraska that was on. Um, and like he, he joined our meeting and was kind of filling us in on what was going on in the uh, 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 Congress chambers that night. It mm-hmm. was, so they, they definitely do reach out and try and pull people in. Uh, everything that I've heard, we've gotten a lot of support from um, them, but I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know that it's really showing up in their, uh, <laughs> in their actions as of yet or in their campaigns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I've noticed that, I mean, you're, you're a fellow citizen of Missouri here. Um, I've noticed that in our, in our state legislature, there's, that polarization reaches right down to your local state representative and, and state senator. It, yep. um, and these people are pretty approachable. I, I don't know if you've ever talked to any of our representatives or senators in, in, in the state level. I've had the privilege of talking with a number of them, and I find some of them are pretty approachable, and some of them are very unapproachable and very solidified in their, in their position. Um, but one thing I do find is that if you call their number, their, their, the number that they advertise, you can talk to their staff and they're definitely willing to talk with you. I was quite shocked and amazed that they, that they actually do talk to you. Now, whether or not that information works its way to the representative right. or the senator is a different question. Um, but do you guys do any work like that on the local level for, um, um I have not done anything like that with Braver Angels. I have done some of that with Moms Demand Action um, uh, during their advocacy days. Um, and I have made, I, I would kind of agree with your assessment that uh, definitely you can call there and talk to their staff and stuff like that. It, like you said, I don't know how much of that goes, gets to them. Um, but I don't know of any initiatives that Braver Angels has done in that regard. Um Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's right now it seems like Braver Angels has some outreach to politicians, but it's it's I I think the idea now is just to get people talking. I mean that yeah, seems that's like really a, I, 
Yeah, I would agree. I think it's it's pretty much grassroots. It's it's definitely geared toward everyday people being able to have conversations and um, really just being not. If we could just get to the point where it's not, um, I guess, so vitriolic, where just saying one thing, it kind of, uh, as you were mentioning earlier, you know, um, you you post something on social media, and I, I posted something the other day, kind of upset about the situation in Afghanistan, and and uh, one of my friends read something because I I wasn't exactly. Um, nice about trump either i would i, I kind of shared the blame between biden and trump and as soon as as soon as he saw the word trump he didn't read on to see that i was really attacking biden after that and mm -hmm. it's like i i don't yeah. understand why we can't get past just just saying the word trump in a negative tone is enough to upset somebody like yeah what I don't get that. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's tribalism. Is is it part is of it. yeah. And and it it, it uh, pardon the word. It trumps rationality sometimes. Um, yeah. Poor choice of words, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I'm with you on that too. And I've had that same observation. And we talked before the podcast here a little bit about my experiences on Twitter. I, I tweet under the Democracy on the Move uh, banner and. Um, and yeah, sometimes a little bit of vitriol does come out in, in my tweets because I get so upset with some people. And like, then later on, I go back and say, I shouldn't have said that. But more often than not, uh, I'll say something. I, In fact, I'd gotten in a conversation with someone about uh, public versus private schools and, and funding the student versus, you know, funding the schools. And this is a argument that's been going on for a while now. Yeah. And I got a, a load of vitriol from one person. He had a, like a PhD behind his name too. And I'm like, what is going on here? Right. I mean, he was attacking me personally. So I went back to him and I, you know, I, I tweeted back to him and said, um, okay, personal attacks aside, you know, and I, I kind of stated my, my position again. And I said, Hey, I want to hear your position. And it was like day and night. Suddenly the guy, he says, well, I didn't mean anything personal by this. And then, then we had like, you know, a fairly brief conversation it went on over a couple of days, but um, we approached a point where we sort of understood each other. Right. And, you know, we didn't exactly agree at the end of it, but uh, there was that respect there and there was that exchange of ideas. And I'm like, wow, why can't we all do that? Why can't yeah, we all and, do something like this? That's exactly, I mean, that is exactly what Braver Angel's goal is, is to, 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 in a, in a civilized way, moderated way, they've always got moderators on their workshops, um, have, find that uh, area of dispute that you start with, come from it from both sides and, and have that conversation to where maybe at the end of it, you don't necessarily, you maybe, no, maybe nobody's changed their opinion, but you've at least got some understanding of what the other side's going and it's not so black and white. There's some nuance in there. There's some gray area. That's like, okay, I, I at least can understand the other side. Mm -hmm. uh, and well, I, I think, I, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I see that. I, I definitely have seen that throughout the red and blue workshops that I've done. And, and even in our um, Alliance meetings. So, Hmm. Well, I've, I've seen in the past also, to, to your point there, is that you can have these arguments and at some point, and, and I'm going to ask you a little bit more to, exa to extrapolate on this a little bit more, but at some point it becomes more important to 
win the argument than it is to learn anything from it. So is that what they is that what this moderation is all about within Braver Angels that that you know when they can they de- are they trained to detect when somebody's just defending a position because now he or she is taking it personally versus actually exchanging ideas? Yeah, so in in the workshops the moderators are definitely um making sure that you know if someone's taking something personally or you know we're they're they're kind of pointing that out and they're they're really trying to guide because there's usually at least in the red and blue workshops there's a red moderator and a blue moderator and they're trying to put together whatever the team of seven to eight reds are or whatever they're trying to kind of generalize their stuff and say, okay, here's, so really this is what you're worried about or whatever. So let's go to them with this, with this instead of this attack or, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. but yeah, that's, that that's definitely part of the moderator's role. And um, I mean, I think just even identifying those things that, okay, Hey, this is really hitting somebody personal or whatever, mm-hmm. then, you know, sometimes at least in our alliance. So with our alliance, it's the same group of people we've been talking to for months now. So there's kind of a relationship built up. Um, when you're doing the work, when you're doing the workshops and it's the first time you're meeting somebody that's not so it's not as clear to see, you know, it's not as easy to do, but now that we've kind of got some relationships built, mm-hmm. um, you can kind of tell much easier when somebody's taking something personal and then, you know, in a respectful way, we kind of, just you know try and figure out okay well how did how did this get so heated let's um dig in or let's cool it off a little bit and and, and, yeah yeah so i I was going to get to that then how did the how does your training um how does your training prepare you to approach people that are being difficult you know that the rude uncle that shows up at the Thanksgiving dinner or, you know, it's, I mean, I've got countless examples, personal examples of people that just enter the room and they start, you know, almost shouting their political perspectives or, you know, the, it, 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 how do you, how does your training allow you to, or how does it prepare you for those types of situations? So they, they've got, um, I guess there's different, there's different, workshops for different things like there the one there's one specifically for um kind of those family meetings um and really um i think either david blankenhorn or bill doherty one of those guys was like a family therapist before Mm. they started brave rangels but and i think that's where a lot of this comes from they kind of came up with the um the structure and all that for these workshops and they built upon them over the years um and uh i i think that's uh, a lot of it is just acknowledging what the other or what the the person is saying and then trying to draw some connection like kind of like what you said um you make that connection and then uh or, or even just point out hey you know this isn't personal I, I didn't mean for it to be taken personally it kind of changes the mm-hmm. the atmosphere in the conversation and it's no longer um as high intensity and you can kind of mm-hmm. calmly work your way forward the, um, most of their workshops are are trying to give you the skills to either build your listening skills to to look for those or 
start talking in ways that is maybe not as um offensive perhaps offensive is not real like that kind of thing because i don't think people mean to be offensive so Mm -hmm. um but they just try and you know ease you back some i guess um yeah and kind of teach you okay well here uh if you can find something that you agree on and then instead of using the word but use the word and and then and state your opinion And, and even if it's not your even if it's not um in line with maybe the the argumented point it it's still um it still becomes part of the conversation and kind of shifts it so there's not so mm-hmm. you're agreeing and kind of coming together even though you're still saying no there's there's not right. there's this other thing that maybe you're not the other side's not thinking about or whatever well it's it's a matter of trust though too right i mean if you it really, really is. trust somebody then you know yeah. they're not going to hurt you Right. And exactly. And if you if if you if the politicians who are trying to drive this polarization have you convinced that the other side is trying to hurt you, and they spend a lot of time doing that as well, uh, it's yeah. no it's no wonder then that you know people go into these conversations uh, ready to do battle. You know, they got their their combat helmet on and they got their baseball bat and they're ready to go. I mean, sometimes yep. that's a literal uh, interpretation of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and it's like you know I I, I just yeah I. I if that trust isn't there, then you're going to get in a situation where you you're just going to shout past each other, I guess. And that's really where that's really where Braver Angels comes in, right? It says, hey, you know, there's no need to wear a combat helmet. That's exactly, yeah. yeah. And I I think to expand on that a little bit, I I think the the uh, the government's already kind of like our 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 elected officials are already kind of in a hole in that. I think most people just don't trust the the government to begin mm-hmm. with. Right. And then you've got them spouting their side of the story or whatever. That is only maybe half of maybe half of the actual information or whatever, but it's the half that pushes their agenda the most. Right. You've got the, the people on the other team that are just completely offended by that. And then the people that maybe are agreeing are like, Oh yeah. And you know, it solidifies their argument and just, it just builds that wall so much higher. Yeah, I find it I find it ironic, and and I've I've talked about this a lot in the past. I've written a couple of articles on it. Is, is that our a lot of our politicians, and this started way back in the nineteen eighties. Um, their main goal is to erode the trust in the government, erode the trust in our governmental institutions, and. I have to wonder why they do that, because, you know, when they finally do get to that position of having uh, getting elected to an office and having some degree of influence and and power and leadership abilities, they spend so much time undermining the trust in the government that uh, now they can't understand why nobody's listening to them, that everybody's shouting past them. Right. It it seems like a a self-defeating sort of thing. And and it takes place in the personal arguments, too, when you when you spend time saying things you know are not true, then people don't trust you anymore. Yep. Yeah. And I, that's, I, I don't get that either. Like I, I don't understand why there's not more people actually leading saying, you know, let's come together or whatever. It's pointing the finger and pointing the blame. Once, once you get in, it seems like now you're on the team and you can't, you can't show any weakness or, you're yeah. out. Yeah.
Yeah, that's amazing. And even when legitimate things happen that are, you know, under your, uh, on your watch, basically, right? And uh, things go sideways, as they do under anybody's watch. Well, that then becomes fodder for, you know, ammunition for the other side. That, yep. that they will launch at you. I mean, looking at this thing in Afghanistan, and this is a, a horrible tragedy, but, you know, it's 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 a tragedy that's been many years in the making. Um, yep. I personally think we never should have um, gone in there the way that we did, uh, but be that as it may, now that we're on our way out, you know, the argument now is, uh, well, look at this, you know, the uh, President Biden is just leaving all this military hardware behind for the Taliban. And I'm like, that's not even half true, man. I mean, it's like that was left behind for the so-called Afghan army that was supposed to use that equipment to fight right. off the Taliban. And uh, so, you know, this is a result of many, many years of generals telling our our top brass that, uh, yeah, things are going great. The Afghan army is training. They're up to speed. And so, you know, now we're seeing that they weren't. And so now we're seeing this tragic result. And does Biden deserve some of the blame? Oh, I believe so. I mean, he was vice president for a while, too. I, he definitely is not blameless. Exactly. Um, but I think everybody right down the line, you know, through Trump and and Bush, uh, yeah. Bush and Obama. I mean, it yeah. was it was all um, it was it, it, the only the only credit I give Trump in this whole thing is he, he has this sort of idea of isolationism, which um, may be not the right thing, but at least he's pushing the idea of maybe we don't need to be involved in all these, uh, in occupying other countries. Um, but be that as it may, the pullout is always going to be ugly. And so now, uh, rather than everybody pulling together as you would hope they would, um, it's it's all just being doled out as ammunition for the other side now. Yep. I I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Uh, the, I, 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 just think like I understood the military mission go in there and wipe out Al Qaeda. Um, w- why we started nation building? I, I. How did that happen? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I I don't understand it. I I I don't even understand why we declared war on the Taliban. I remember Bush saying back then, "We're not at war with Afghanistan. We're at war on the Taliban." And that's like. That's like Russia saying, "Okay, we're not at war with the United States. We're at war with the Republican Party." It's like, right? Yeah. Come on, it is the United States, so cut yeah. it out. So yeah, it's um, we could talk about that forever. Um, regarding getting back to Braver Angels, though, is there like um, any sort of a plan, or maybe it's already in place, where Braver Angels has some sort of an online discussion group uh, similar to Twitter, but something that gets moderated and says, you know, rule number one is be nice. You know, is, is there any sort of motion um, in that direction? If there is, I'm not aware of it. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of low in the totem pole on braver angels though. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, but not I, right now, as far as you know, then, huh? Yeah. As, as far as I know, there's nothing like that. They are definitely doing workshops as often as possible. And that's one of the things I've, I've been training as a organizer to organize some of those workshops and put them on for our, uh, our Alliance group. Okay. Um, and that's kind of the way that it works. They've got, um, they've got a group of people that are trained to moderate their, uh, workshops and the, uh, training sessions that they have. And then, they kind of reach out 
or they're kind of relying on the local alliances to say, hey, I want to do a, a depolarizing within workshop. So um, somebody at the local alliance would act as an organizer and go and schedule it and set up all the web links and all that kind of stuff, get the Zoom meeting set up. Um, and then uh, the moderators would sign on for that and um, mm -hmm. uh, ho hopefully you get enough people to uh, sign up for it. You know, um, that's kind of the big thing is, is just getting the word out there. Yeah. How to, how to, you know, so people spreading it on social media or putting ads in papers, that kind of stuff. And then um, the moderators actually put on the course or whatever. And then the organizer goes back and kind of double checks with people and says, okay, uh, if you're interested in this, there's more stuff on Braver Angels website, or, you know, we're going to be offering this workshop next month or, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. How, um, you obviously got recruited by Braver Angels. Well, kind of recruited you, you were looking for a solution, right? And you found them mm -hmm. online. Um, is there, uh, well, I guess we're kind of touching on this topic right now, I guess, it, it, some way of recruiting more people into this thing, because, I think you're more of an exception than a rule, a good exception in the sense that you actually reach out and you want to talk to other people. You want to see, you want to get outside that bubble, right? And yeah. uh, something like, I'm going back to the Second Amendment again, because that is such a bubble. Uh, people can get inside that bubble and just hear words echoing around it all the time. Uh, you know, words like, yeah, the government's going to kick in your door and take your guns. Never right. happen, never going to happen. Right. Um, but, uh, people believe that because they're inside that bubble, but you've reached outside and how does, how does Braver Angels plan on, you know, getting into those bubbles and getting, you know, people to, to at least get curious about going outside? Man, that's, I, the only way that I know right now is they're, they're really doing it grassroots, just trying mm -hmm. to get people into those, um, into their workshops, into the uh, um, skills building um, courses. Um, yeah, I kind of wish I had a better answer for you. I'd actually like to know the answer to that myself because yeah, um, it it does kind of uh, it does kind of feel like maybe we're uh, we get stuck with our within our alliance. We're talking to the same people. Um, you can form your own bubble if you're not careful. Yeah, it, so. That's and that's exactly what. <laughs> kind of you know, and 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 just even having this conversation with you is kind of making me realize yeah we're we're we've had a lot of conversations amongst us but we've not really branched out now i i kind of and i do know from some examples uh, of what we've talked about there is people are people are feeling more comfortable having that conversation with their family and stuff like that so mm -hmm. uh you know maybe it spreads out in small ways that way but yeah as far as getting brand new people into there i I don't, it, I, we need a better marketing plan that I can tell. <laughs> well, you could always just <clears throat> do it. Uh, well, hate to sound like this, but do it in a viral sort of way, right? You can, you can tell your buddies about it and, and recruit one right. person. You know, if you can recruit one person, then, um, and that person recruits one person, eventually, you know, enough people get into the organization. Right. Um, but if you recruit, if each person can recruit two more people just by talking to them, like family members, go to that, go to that nutty uncle that likes to ruin every Thanksgiving dinner, and and say, hey, you know, you ought to, you ought to join this group here. Maybe that's the way to do it because you know, again, we get back to trust, right? It, it's hard to 
get on the website and just trust something. Um, you're an exception, a good exception, of course, but um, not a lot of people would go down that path, I would suspect. Yeah, and I've definitely, so like, I've done a lot of sharing Braver Angels meetings and are like openings coming up or workshops coming up on my Facebook stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kind of spreading the word um, um, in my posts and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I, I think you're, I, it's, I don't know how much of that actually helps because I don't know how much, well, yeah. it, it might even be personal too, where people are like, oh, I'm not going to go there if Dennis says to do it. Cause I, I know what Dennis says about this or what, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, well, you got to win I, their trust then. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And at some point too, when you're real close with somebody like family, you know, you've you, sometimes the fight might, or it might seem like the fights about your political thing or whatever, but it's really because of something mom said two years ago or, you know, who oh, knows? Yeah. Some, yeah. So you got to be careful from that front too. Um, well, that, that's the case where you're arguing something as a as a uh, proxy for arguing for something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm not very good at spotting those kind of things. Um, I have some close relatives that are that uh, you know that the proverbial uncle that ruins the uh, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's really hard sometimes for me to contain my emotions and the way I deal with it, I, I just shut down and walk away. And yeah. that's, that's a lost opportunity in a way too. But, you know, I don't have the training to figure out, you know, how do I approach this guy? You know, again, to think about some other things. It, it, my experience is having some limited uh, success at this is to um, just let them talk through it and and ask them more questions and ask leading questions maybe and get them to realize their their contradictions um that's a long process though yeah that is yeah and but that just that asking questions though i think that's a huge that that's a huge asking questions and being able to listen Mm -hmm. um i mean that's a huge thing um so so often the conversation never even gets that far because somebody's not willing to even consider asking the question because they're too busy defending their own stance or, you know, yeah. instead of, instead of being able to say, Hey, well, why, what brought you to that? Or why did, why did you, why did we get to that aspect of it as opposed to these other gray areas or whatever? Um, yeah. I, if you can't, if you don't ask those questions, and you just spout back saying, no, no, you're wrong. There's not, there's not a lot of room to talk there. So. Well, it, it, what doesn't help also is that news organizations that or organizations that pass themselves off as news organizations will, will throw something out there as a fact. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll, I'll say the word that shouldn't be said Fox news, right. They, they're, they kind of disguise opinion as news and, um, but they're all guilty. I mean, you know, I watch CNN, yeah. I watch NBC, you know, they're all, they all got their own angle going. I think, um, other organizations like, like NBC, they're a lot more subtle about it, but they still do it. Yeah. Uh, and Brian Williams got caught at it a number of times and <laughs> he just can't seem to help himself. Right. Um, but it, it's so when you, when you ask somebody for the source of their information, they'll start quoting sources that exactly are very channelized to begin with. Yeah. And that's, so 
one of the very first things that we did in our Missouri Alliance, after we had our initial uh, red versus blue workshop that everybody wanted to stick together for, what, the initial thing that we did was start talking about the media and how biased that the media was. And we started trying to identify, hey, these are maybe some less biased media sources. Um, and we had, a, we had a really hard time coming together and finding stuff that we thought was really not unbiased but what what we found worked out really well was there was um oh i get they every day they send a uh email um i'm gonna go back and find one because the names oh it's called the flip side okay um and what it does is it basically takes like a headline from the a headline from the news uh the issue in afghanistan say and it will it'll like give you a snippet of three or four articles that are on the red side and three or four articles that are on the blue side. So you can read through them and you can get both sides of the story mm-hmm. via two, you know, several media sources, which may or may not have their own level of bias included. But um, it, mm-hmm. we all kind of agreed that that was, it was very useful and that, maybe maybe it's still you're still getting biased opinions but you if you choose to you could read the other side's bias too and kind of come to your own conclusion um that's interesting what's the name of that website again it's called the flip side um and basically you just give them your email address and they send you they send you something and i think it's every every monday through uh friday that you get a new one and they 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 try and do um Every so often they'll throw in there like, hey, here's some good news. Uh, here's some, uh, or here's some uh, purple news, uh, you know, stuff in, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. That's, that's a really good idea. I never thought about that. I also look at the sources of information too, because a lot of times, um, particularly politicians, I follow them on Twitter and they'll, they'll quote some sort of news article. So I'll click on the news article and then and then I go behind the news article and say, okay, is this really a news article? Oh, look at this. It's actually a press release. Okay, who made the release? Oh, the American Heritage Foundation. Or, you know, <laughs> right, it's like, yeah. okay, now I automatically know what where this is coming from. Yeah. Um, it, and so it, it's it's just, it takes a real conscious effort sometimes to just get to the bottom of things. I mean, I go to opensecrets.org uh, quite often, and they have a list of all the politicians and who their major sponsors are. And, um, you know, I, I think we should make jackets for every politician, like, you know, like what race car drivers have, where they, yeah. you know, <laughs> put the advertisement on their jacket. Say, that okay. is a great idea. <laughs> I don't think you get a politician to sign off on that. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. But uh, that's that's almost what it's like. You know, these guys are out there fighting for who? Yourself or for the... Uh, right. Yeah, that was... Uh, Oh, go ahead. Oh, that that's something I, I see um, in like the the studies too, like the research studies or whatever. You, you always got to look at who paid for the study. Yeah. Because um, I, I I know well, I'm not, I I just know I've seen stuff that's like, well, of course no one's going to believe that because it came from you. So this is why they don't believe it. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, going back to a previous life, I was actually working in a marketing department and we would have um, our equipment was used in the process of testing other people's equipment. And I don't want to get too specific here, otherwise I'm going to get some people in trouble. <laughs> yeah, but, sure. But uh, there was a lot of magazines and a lot of um, uh, other organizations out there that were supposedly unbiased testers. And I think they were, because I worked with a lot of these people all around the world. I, I remember spending several weeks in, in, in Germany on this. And um, But what they do is these these tests are sponsored by certain companies, and they always have this this clause written in the contract that says, if we don't see the results we like, we don't want you guys publishing it, you know, and, and they, <laughs> right. and they pay the company to, you know, to do the testing and everything. Um, so I, I thought, okay, this is going on in high tech industry. <clears throat> it's one of those things everybody knows about, but nobody talks about mm-hmm. it's trying, it's happening the same way in politics too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, just don't talk about the bad stuff. <clears throat> right. Um, so what, how can people get involved? I mean, this sounds like a great organization. Uh, I think, I, I think people can go to this organization with an open mind, willing to reach outside the bubble, talk to some people. I, I totally love the way you went to the mom's demand action, uh, example there that, that, um, that truly is, is a, is a really a good thing. And I think a lot of people would like to feel that, you know, they are reaching outside the bubble and they are talking to other people. So how can they get involved in uh, Braver Angels? So um, braverangels.org, um, there's all kinds of stuff out there about um, workshops coming up and the, the workshops they provide, that kind of stuff. Um, that, I guess, would be the best place to start. They have a They have a membership program that you don't have to be a member or anything like that. Um, members are basically uh, donating um, to run the, the donating money to um, put the workshops together. Um, but you don't, you don't have to sign up. It doesn't cost anything. You can sign up for the workshops that are there right now. I think almost all of them are being done on zoom. Um, but they were trying to get, back into the face-to-face stuff. I'm not sure how well that that's going to go with the COVID stuff. Um, but yeah, there's volunteer stuff that you can do, or you can um, take part in any of the red versus blue uh, workshops or any of those skills building workshops. Um, trying to, I don't see the link. There's so, I'll have to look for, there's a link where you can sign up to get notified about stuff too. And I don't know where that is at the moment, but it's gotta be on the Braver Angels website somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's good enough. I mean, I think people can get on that site. That's a quite a large site and there's, there's quite a bit to look at there. That's uh, braverangels.org. It's all one word, braverangels, braverangels.org. And yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You reminded me um, in person meetings, I think, you know, when you can, when you can look the other person in the eye and, you know, if, if they're a beer drinker, have a beer with them or whatever it takes. Right. Uh, boy, oh boy. I, I personally, I'm getting so sick of zoom. I, I don't like it. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, I'm really finding the limitations of video conferencing and I'm really beginning to appreciate meeting people one-on-one. And that, I think that that contributes to trust as well. When you can meet somebody face to face, have a beer with them, and just talk Absolutely. about other stuff, right? Talk about the wife and kids or school or whatever. Yeah. Um, and even even just to be able to see like their body language and stuff like that, I think it goes a long way. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope that can start up soon. I know that we're, we've got this, we just got walloped with this uh, Delta COVID variant, and um, it really limits people's abilities. Even if you are vaccinated, you're um, yep. you're still at risk. Um, I just talked to, on uh, another podcast, talked to a gentleman who had gotten COVID. He's, uh, he has a grandchild that had COVID, and she spread it to like five family members, including him. And even oh, though he's been fully vaccinated, he said it wiped him out for like three or four days. I mean, he didn't have to go to the hospital or anything like that, but um, it's still a pretty serious thing, even if you are vaccinated. So yeah, um, that's that's a shame, but I hope that we can get past this soon so that we can get back to dealing with people one-on-one because uh, I miss it, honestly. I miss it. I, yep, me too. Hi. I, I would love to be able to just go hang at the bars with my buddies again and yeah, talk yeah. about stuff, talk politics or whatever you need to talk, whatever exactly. you want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll wrap it up. Um, let's, uh, we've been talking with Dennis Eckerd, a member of the group called Braver Angels. Dennis, thank you very much for stopping by and letting our listening, letting our listening audience uh, know that there is hope in the effort to end polarization and get us all Americans talking on the same page again. Thank you, Dan. You've been listening to Democracy on the Move, a tribute to all those people and organizations who dare to reimagine our nation and drive it back to its true principles of democracy. Please tune in each week where we will feature guests and topics that will help you keep in touch with the march toward a more perfect union. If you have any suggestions for stories or people you think we might want to talk to on Democracy on the Move, please contact us through our website contact page at democracyonthemove.org contact. Democracy on the Move is all one word. You can also send us an email at democracyonthemove.org. Um, oh, no, send us an email at info at democracyonthemove.org. There we go. You can also comment on our Twitter page at All on the Move. If you find today's podcast interesting and informative, please tell your friends and family about us. And if you'd like to help sponsor the podcast at Democracy on the Move, please contact us through the website or email. I'm Dan Schaefer, your host for today's podcast, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in. It's been my pleasure to be with you today. Please have a safe week ahead, and we hope you'll tune in to our next episode.